Play is pressed. I'm doing it anyway. Pressed to impress. The boys are back in town. We back. Well, you didn't even have it queued up to the good part because now the theme song's gonna come in, right? Yeah, like, well, that's right people will already now. know. I can sing. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Is that like a karaoke go-to for you? I've never done karaoke for the boys are back in town, but I should. Oh, are these your icon backs? They might be. Yeah. Oh my god. Where'd you find those? Right here. Ah, look at that. I don't want to wear them, but yes, indeed, we're here at it again. Is it okay to share eye contacts with people, or is that like considered not hygienic? I think you could get COVID that way. Well, me and you probably <laughs> spread COVID together already. Ratchet and Woke Podcast, welcome Yay, <laughs> to everybody listening. COVID-free. Shout out to my Spotify people listening. Shout out to everybody who listens to us on the Block 105. Thank you for your patronage and all those things. Um, email us questions and comments and topics to Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Unlearn the world. Lil yeah, MC. And to answer your question, um, if I if I haven't used those contacts, then they're yours. Like you can, they're not I think you did use them medicated. in your music video. They're, they're, they're white ones, right? But yeah, but it's not open. Are, oh, it's it? not. They're unopened? They're Ooh, unopened. I'm go. totally going to wear them. Right, yeah. Where should I wear them? That's the question. I'm so bad at putting eye contacts in. (laughs) I know you're like like scared to death. You you did them for our lambs video. You had red eye contacts, made you look like a demon. Yes, it took so long because my eyes are small. (laughs) What? I have small eyes. That's that's your reason. And they're like slanted. So they're okay. not like very circular. You have, I have almond, almond shaped, shaped eyes. eyes. Yes. Look at that. That's the title of this thing. <laughs> oh my God. I'm <laughs> sure we'll talk about something more riveting than my almond shaped eyes in the know. next I mean, hour. Your, your almond shaped eyes are pretty riveting. It's pretty fucking riveting. All right. Yeah. Let's give into You see what happens? I give compliments and they just like, it's like just panned. It's Wait, like, but is, is it it's, complimentary it's to have almond shaped eyes? I feel like it's. It's like a. It's a thing. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was no, like. No, yeah. I'm sorry. Next time matters I'll be prepped, none I'll anymore. Be for your fucking compliments. <laughs> oh, All right, we got. God. Some, we, <laughs> He's so mad. We All got right, topics. Anyways, Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Young adult money it takes <laughs> to break an artist. That was your topic, baby. Yeah. All right. So if we just want to come in hot, I mean, you know, yeah, we're independent artists. We feature independent artists. We talk about independent artistry a lot when it comes to the music industry and and what it takes to gain exposure as an independent artist. And it was an interesting uh, post that I saw on social media. It was an interview with the rapper Young Dolph, who basically said and explained that. All in, it costs anywhere from about $250,000 to a million dollars in order to quote unquote break an artist. And when we say break, we means like get them out there into the popular world where they can, you know, um, really cultivate a fan base and, and, and move beyond just kind of independent artistry or whatever the case is so is he for, talking about for himself or him breaking just in general like just in general like in terms of marketing in terms of promotion in terms of um the quality of the product video all the things it costs about 252 a million dollars wow. for an artist to to take what they do and bring it out to be considered like mainstream okay i have a question for you yeah how much do you think cardi's bodak yellow video and song production cost it was like five hundred thousand, or like maybe less <gasps> it was it was a, it was a it was a grip 
Holy shit. That's crazy. Because the thing that's so crazy, too, is that... I mean, oh, no, 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 no. I think bullshit. I'm bullshitting. I'm bullshitting. Okay. I think she she had been invited or got paid to go to Dubai mm-hmm. and decided to hire a film crew to shoot the video. Okay. So my understanding, and I could be 100% wrong. We can look at this up later on. I think she spent about forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 for that video. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And where are you pulling these numbers from? Just this is from an interview. Okay. She said, yeah, she, she got an interview where she said she spent like about forty fifty thousand. $50,000. And she was paid to go to Dubai to host Yeah, I think, you know, like, yeah, some, some Dubai shit that they do for like, you know, Instagram thotty yaddies and gotcha, like, you gotcha. know, things like that. So Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just even more interesting. She already had a certain level of success from being in uh, Love and Hip Hop. So exactly. So like she shit. spent 40000 just on the video. Like, we're talking about just the video, yeah. right? Not the promotion of the video or the song yeah. or doing the touring or any of that. So we're really talking about all in. It's a big investment. Like, you know you better saying? fucking it's believe 100%. in yourself or have someone else that believes in you. Like, holy Exactly, fuck. exactly. So any, and I think I think at the same time it gives artists some level of ease, to, so that you don't think that it's all happening organically. Because I think that that's a lot of we feel a way as artists when people are just like it seems like they're just blowing up overnight, and we're thinking that it's all organic, that it, they just happen to be discovered, and that there was well, no effort or money put into. People it. can spend a lot of money on a video and go absolutely nowhere. Exactly. Exactly. So and we've I think seen that, that time and again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like because I think we get caught in that kind of loop. We're like, "Oh, if our if we had better quality product, then somebody's bound to discover us." And it's like, "No, you can have the most quality fucking video, okay, most question. quality song and still be overlooked." How about like let's talk about like TDE? Yeah. The way they break artists. Like, are they, do you think that like someone like Kendrick um, or Schoolboy Q, like, do you think they were spending that level? I think Kendrick, I think so. Let's look at TDE as a whole. I really, I'm glad, I'm really glad you brought this up because we can, we could do an analysis of this. So TDE as an independent label is like any other independent label out there. They're signing artists. They're doing their thing. They just happen to be in a larger media um, market, which is LA. Mm -hmm. So that, that gives them a cheat code already. Right. right, you're in the, you're in LA. You're down with some street dudes that are already in. That's the other cheat code, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's that cl- that proximity. So you have street dudes, and you have then you LA, have so. you have a talented artist like Kendrick Lamar, and you're pumping money into him, and then Dre signs him. So Kendrick Lamar's entire career is launched by Dr. Dre or TDE. They cultivate him, and then by the fourth album. Kendrick Lamar gets signed yeah, to but, Dr. Okay, Dre. Okay, that, that's four albums. And I'm talking about like, I, I don't know what would be considered his breaking but see, song or but record that's my or scene. whatever. That's what I'm saying. The, the Good Kid, Mad City was the album that everybody knew who Kendrick Lamar okay. was. You okay. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it took him four albums to break, right? Four whole albums he recorded in order for him to break out as an artist and he had to be signed to Dr. Dre in order for that to happen. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Subsequently, all the other people on the TDE roster now have visibility because because of Kendrick's place in hip-hop. Got it. Right? So Kendrick single-handedly launches the birth of these other careers that would then come. He He builds up TDE to be what it is in order for them to sign artists because outside of the world of R&B and maybe J-Rock there aren't a lot of other artists on TDE who have broken quote unquote schoolboy they have have reason oh yeah they have schoolboy right but that's like a meet so they have schoolboy they have J-Rock right but Ab uh, Soul hasn't broken in the way that we think that, okay. that we would want to see him Isaiah Rashad I Isaiah guess Rashad really... is getting there like he's so being dead, mentioned so. um, 
Who's Sir. the other person? Sir is 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 in there. Scissors doing well. Like all of this, like this is built all off of Kendrick Lamar keeping the lights on for at least the first two mm. years. They're doing all of this and they're processing and working through their artist development techniques. I would like to, to say Schoolboy Q kept the lights on. He's very No, nah, I mean Schoolboy Q had an amazing first that that album Oxymoron was like that was the shit. Mm-hmm. Subsequently I don't think he had the same level of success. Whereas Maybe Kendrick, not. we've seen it ascend. Yeah. Right? That's true. It's like been a gradual ascent. Whereas like Schoolboy it was like popping and then it it, it was kind of medium. It kind yeah. of plateaued. J Rock it popped and then it plateaued. I wouldn't say that. I say I think he he may no. He may His have a latest records. album was like uh, on like NBA commercials and shit. No, win, win, win was win, a, win. But that's my. But that was his most recent album though. That was like what, three years ago though. But that was his most recent one. This is true, but that's still three years ago. Yes, right? this yeah. And this is an industry where everybody has to drop every year in order. To I know it's relevancy. been a minute. So, I don't know what. But he's then you have artists on. like Reason who's still kind of breaking out, who's dope as fuck, but still kind of getting where he needs to be. Yeah, I, I didn't even know about him until this. You year, know what I'm like saying? And, and, ago, and, they, and even though he may have the financial resources being signed to TDE, he doesn't have the record yet. And GID is signed to Shady, GID is signed right? to Dreamville. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He signed to Dreamville. No, no, no. I'm thinking of um, uh, Boogie is signed to Shady. West Side Boogie is signed to Shady, yeah. Okay, exactly. got it. Well, so this West Coast a cool got a lot break. of like West Coast got a lot of rappers right now that are really dope that are like yeah. on the verge of like crossing over to what we're talking about. So I think there's I don't know if it's it's the rule written in stone what Young Dolph is saying, but it seems in the ballpark of accuracy for just from what I'm looking at and how I've seen careers launch. In the I way think it's have. like you know even we were talking about this like even if you have the money to afford a really dope feature maybe you have three G's to get a feature with someone not like a Kendrick Lamar level but maybe someone that's like locally making moves like a um who's like a good example like uh, 3D, Kamaya or something three like three G's that. will probably get you a reason yeah okay okay so Kamaya will probably get you that's five Okay. I'm and I'm assuming. I don't have any evidence to support this, but I'm assuming. We used to have like a list of, of what I it, used to have, yeah. Shout out but to But that uh, wasn't even features. Shout out that to was, my man. I'm not gonna bust him out, but I, I used to have a list of the the, the, the going price, rate for yeah. every artist and what they get paid per show. Per show, yes, but this feature, is per feature. Right? But anyways, okay, so say you, you have five G's to get a, a, a like a C level artist like yeah. Kamayo or, or Reason. Even then, like it's momentum, you know, that's really gonna build. It's like, okay, you need to invest that money to get that feature then you need to invest money to do a really dope video maybe it's gonna be like 5 g's or 10 g's or something like then you you gotta pay them more to be in the video with you right that part too (laughs) and then you probably want to do something like you know get a publicist so that they can be like oh you're doing this and this and that and publicist costs probably at least a couple of g's a month or yeah more you know depending on how long the project is right and and then you want to be like opening up for someone really dope like it's like you have to have it's, you better have a bag set aside to if you really want to optimize but on it's a bag and a team <laughs> a bag and a team and product and a story because there's a lot of people with into. bags there's a lot of people who who are trying to do this and who have money but I don't have money like, themselves. Like, <laughs> they're doing it all themselves i know i know i know at least three artists who have really well-paying jobs who can finance themselves but they're, they don't break out because they're literally doing everything themselves. They're not yeah. spending the money that they could be spending on, on hiring the team. Totally. They're just trying to do everything themselves. So it's it's a mixed bag. And while we're on the topic of TDE, they, they kind of hinted at something dropping in <gasps> May. Really? And everybody thinks it's a Kendrick Lamar album. Oh, my God. I would be down with any al- so album. We like got, any so just so them, we're clear, on, in 2021, we have, we have J. Cole, possibly Kendrick, and Drake dropping in the same year. 
This is like. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Everything I'm we pretty thought- sure SZA is going to drop too. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm pretty gonna, sure Rihanna is going to drop too. Oh, my God. If Rihanna, we get a Rihanna album this Ugh, year. Fuck. It's going to be dope Serious too. It's going to be some like Damien Marley vibes. Like, uh, it's going to be fucking yeah, dope. Yeah, it's going to be litty. Um, what speaking, else we speaking of okay this is not on, on our list but it's I'm really excited that we have like Conway tour Conway coming. Conway October 15th I'm buying and tickets so tomorrow <laughs> so got that when I saw that I got so excited I got more excited about Stove God than I got excited I'm about Conway I'm so excited for both it's but, just Conway has so much music like I hope he plays the songs that I really fuck with yeah you know? that's that he has such an extensive catalog in just a short amount like within the last year he's dropped maybe four projects yeah it's I mean, absurd like yeah. It's yeah, like mixtapes. It's dope. like mixtape work rate. You know who I think is my favorite producer? Yeah. I think who? Harry Fraud is my favorite producer. Harry Fraud is the shit. Is really Harry Fraud don't dope. get enough props. Yeah. He really fucking did. He he put his foot in that Benny the Butcher album. Oh, fucking, I love it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then the fraud department shit that he did with Jim Jones is amazing. Yeah. Yes, Jim Jones yes, to me yes. just he's like one of the most improved rappers over 40. I think his music, maybe not his content and not his wordplay, but his music gets better and better. Every I year. yeah, I think he, I I love Jim Jones. I like rediscovered him this year. I've rediscovered a lot of like older yeah. middle aged men rappers. Yeah, the middle aged men rappers are killing it. They're um, really fucking. Crushing Benny shit. has a bar that's like it's a man's world. You get better when you're middle aged or something, something and it's like, like that, yeah. honestly, I think that. It makes sense. It it sucks that as for women, the 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 perception of women kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it depreciates over time. Yeah. As you get older, whereas that doesn't really happen with a man. But I feel like if it if it, it was if there was if it was equal in that way, I feel like a lot more female rappers would really get into their bag. Like Nikki, you know, I feel like 100%. she got a lot better, like with age, yeah, you know, 100%, her shit yeah. is a lot harder, you know, like think about Lil Wayne. Like I think Lil Wayne, I don't know, man, he was really Lil dope Wayne in the beginning, but been dope to me, I think he's like, I like his newer I mean, music even better yeah. than his, you know, Lollipop was not. I like his the lyrics best. better now than at any point. Yeah. In 40, I started liking his lyrics better now than at any point. You know what I'm saying? I just think we're in an age where the, these rappers who can really rap are aging better and they're spitting better, right? Method Man is absurd. Oh, yeah. It's Black insane. Thought is absurd. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Buster in, in terms Rhymes, of, I feel like, yeah, was. Buster Rhymes. Like, in terms of, like, lyricist, the be- you're, you're getting better with age. Yeah. As long as people still want to, like, and also hip hop is aging. Like that's what people don't really understand. Like we can we can coexist in a world where you have the Lils and the Youngs and they're doing all the shit that they're doing and mm-hmm. making crazy money and doing putting up really absurd numbers because they're young. Yeah. But that let's not undermine the fact that there's a market out there for traditional hip hop in the way that older people have appreciated it throughout their entire lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the 30, the, the 25, the 35 is, is still there. The 35, the 45 is still there. It's just not as pop. It's not as big. And you just have to make your peace with that. But you can still yeah. have a career, right? I would you rather still... be, like I said, like I don't want to be like Action Bronson level before I'm Cardi right? B level any day. Yeah. not saying that that's attainable for me, but I would never want that level of yeah, like Keep the options success. open. You you know, we, we are what we dream ourselves to be. That's you know true. What I'm saying? I gotta so we gotta, speaking we gotta into positivity. Put, yeah, put it, um, put it all out there. But speaking of, of older rappers, I'm super stoked that this little Kim documentary is coming out. And yeah, I think I'm it's interested in interesting that. that I just saw on the Explore page that you know and who knows well, is it a documentary or is it a book i think it's a tell-all book right and oh. then i think it's in is in um nikki nikki is, is, is putting out a doc oh, yeah okay, yeah really so i just think that's interesting because like you know yeah <laughs> she's always copying little kim i mean i'm interested in hearing what what her story is i mean i, I know 
for she's those, an interesting fucking person. Well, she's, she's an interesting person by herself. Right. But what we all we all know Lil Kim for her affiliation. Oh, I'm with talking Biggie. about Nikki. You're talking oh, about okay. Lil Kim. I'm talking about Lil Kim. Yeah. Right. Her well, putting this tell all book in like the the press that's that it's getting because of it. Right. Because unbeknownst to a lot of people, Lil Kim has had this continuous tension, not necessarily with the bad boy camp, but there have been questions as it relates to her role in Biggie's life. Mm. that have been often misguided or rumored or whatever the case is. I know her and and Biggie's wife, Faith, had static for a while because of some weird shit. There was the biopic that came out that that Lil' Kim was mad about. There's the new documentary that she had nothing to do with. She's not even in it. That's so weird. So I think it just compels people to just kind of notice these things and be like, huh, why aren't we hearing from Kim? She was there like the whole time, right? So I think she just kind of slingshotted it and held it down until she was able to do it and tell the story in the way that she wanted. Yeah. And the bag had to be right. And I honestly feel like I'm at this point in time more interested in her work after Biggie, like with Timbaland and Missy, than I am. I mean, because I've just, of course, I would like to have the story set set straight about you know her whole life. But I feel like we've just heard the Biggie story so many times, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm so really I, interested in her story as, a, as yeah. a, just a, a figure as big as she and as influential as she is totally. in the industry and what she's gone through and all of that. We just saw the Tina Turner documentary. Oh, yeah, that right? was amazing. And one thing that I noticed about the Tina Turner documentary, the fact that I, I know her songs word for word because, like, I grew up in the 80s and my mother loved her and, like, she's just a fucking rock star. Yes. Like, but aside from that, right, like, what I what I picked up from the documentary is her frustration with everyone's questions and her so her association with her husband ike yeah I was, you know what i'm saying like that, that was she she had intended to do a documentary or an interview regarding what happened between a book. her she and, wrote a book right as a means to put it to rest and move on yes. and that became like the calling card for her yes. for the because next people are years. obsessed with pain and drama and anything having to do with abuse people are soaked in murder or, or not, not that he murdered her but i'm just saying in general we are captivated by that well so, we're, we're people americans particularly are into slam dunks and car crashes Right? Totally. That's yeah. what you can categorize. It. Mm-hmm. Either you're either slam dunking and you're you're outperforming everything, or you're completely falling or apart. Or they want it. Or when you are outperforming everyone, then they turn on you and hate you, just like what we saw in the Tiger Doc, and they want to see you fall. And exactly. then once you've fallen again, they want to see you rise. People, it's so odd the way the human mind. It's works. macro psychology. Yeah. It's 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 mat. It, it's psychology unmasked. Well, right? because and it makes sense too when you see someone just succeeding, succeeding, succeeding. It's easy to be like, ah, oh, fuck them, fuck that rich bitch. Like, <laughs> exactly. They, they, like I want to, I want to tear them down a peg or whatever, you know. Yeah. And but like when you actually look at their life, it's like, oh, they're suffering. They're not really that happy. They're not really that fulfilled. But we still want to see the, them. Uh, that was the other takeaway from the documentary. Like she was, she had the number one record in the country. She her album and she was sold like forty. 20 million records. She was a black woman at 40 years old who was the biggest rock star on the planet. She's amazing. You see what I'm saying? Like that comeback story in and of itself, but she didn't seem at all happy with any of it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just very interesting. She wasn't, I mean, I, I had this kind of epiphany that I think that people become more successful as rock stars when they are deprived of love and constantly seeking love and affection because on that stage is the only place where they get it from their fans. And so they yearn for that and that keeps them going, that keeps them wanting to keep performing and keep touring and that's a very arduous life, you know? Like, Jesus Christ. Imagine if you were someone that was, I mean, usually people stop touring, you know, like, 
Nikki, she's like, I'm going to settle down and have a, a kid because I'm with a loving partner, regardless yeah. of your opinion of him, you know? So mm-hmm. she's settled down and wants to chill. But if you don't have a loving companion, you're more likely to be like, fuck, this is the only love I have. I'm and this, and going. the music industry is 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 a, a hotbed for supporting that kind of lifestyle. Like totally. they don't want you having kids, especially if you're a woman in this music industry. Mm-hmm. They don't want you having babies in any and industry. slowing down anything. <laughs> they don't want you to be healthy and competent. Right. That's one thing that we have to understand just in the music industry. And then they don't want you to be healthy and competent, which is why they want talented young people who are traumatized. Yeah. Right? Like this is who they target in terms of bringing them an audience to give them they this want you superficial up love. Mm-hmm. And they keep you on tour. They work you to the bone so that you're not able to just heal mm-hmm. for a minute recalibrate and then be able to adequately tell your story using your talent like there's none of that going on in this music industry kids are literally going from the car crash to the slam dunk what was the (laughs) shit we were watching where it was like we want to keep him drunk but not too drunk that he can't perform but you definitely want to keep him kind of drunk. There was like some kind of document. But doesn't that sound familiar it though? Sound really familiar. And regardless of, of who it is, I mean, that is the the mentality. It's like you don't want them to to break free of this illusion of the chains, like in exactly. the mental exactly. slavery that they have on you. They want you to stay semi sedated, but be able to still perform, perform and produce and, and make money. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, so fucking. And crazy. it actually, it's a great segue into the 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 what I would like to call a social experiment you did on Facebook. Oh yeah. <laughs> the yeah. question that you put yesterday was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. About what people prefer to see in terms of social media posting. Right. So I'll let you you talk about it. Maybe you can bring up like some some of the feedback. Yeah, sure. No, I I asked if people would prefer that social media used to be a place where people are completely transparent and not just showing their life as like a highlight reel of all the positive aspects of their life. And just kind of said that I'm ge- like cons- I- I'm genuinely curious, not trying to. Li- I mean, I guess I am trying to psychoanalyze, but to psychoanalyze. yeah, yeah, that's that's my goal. But <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people. The the consensus I got was like, nah, we don't really want you to be that genuine. Like, I don't want to hear you <laughs> bitching and complaining. But um, it would be nice if people would use social media to actually socialize with one another and actually try and connect. So right. that that's that was my general consensus. It's, so it seems to be like maybe gloating all the time and just doing the highlight reel. As great as that is, it's not really allowing a lot of opportunity to, to connect with people. Right. So people that are actually like me posing a question like that, yeah. that now I'm engaging with people and I'm actually connecting with people. Someone that does this a lot, I think, is Daylight. She does a great job. She's always asking questions and curious. and She's and facilitating to... discussion. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that's a way to connect. Whereas someone saying like, I'm so dope. I just did this. Check it out. I mean, and, and that's great. And I think people want to see you succeed. Some people do, but it doesn't allow for any um, connection aside from just congratulatory. Yeah, I mean, feedback. I'm of the mindset where I think that certain things that are more look at me, look at me. Um, are like algorithmically suppressed because they're trying to they're they're intending you they're intending for you to get off the platform. So I think and this I have no evidence to support. I know, you this, think everything is algorithmically No, I think it's algorithmically. Yeah, whenever you say a word like yo check out or peep my whatever the case is, I think there are algorithms that recognize this as a solicitation and will suppress it. 
I think it's more so maybe people just don't want to see it. And so that's the algorithm. They know well, that. Well, yeah, but I think that there's there's a way of doing it, you know, where I think that if you word it differently, if you engage people in a, in a way that totally. you're talking about, you can still bring attention to what you want to bring attention to and actively engage people in the way and it right. won't be as suppressed. I think it, but what I'm saying is I don't think it's the words that the algorithm is sensing and repressing. I think that it's people not pausing to look at it once they see the words yo check out well, yo, that's, because that's they're annoyed of, yeah that's part of the algorithm that's yeah i know like, but i think it's the you know people I mean? making it the algorithm you know because it's like you don't know how many people are in my inbox that have never spoke to me before and are just telling me to listen to their stuff right i get it you know that's that's the hustle as an artist but at the same time if i don't know you you haven't even said two words to me you're just yeah no i've literally video. like <laughs> in nah. the last week i've literally gotten uh invites for features from the uk from africa from france um from like random wait, people wait, wait, to feature inbox. on their music yeah well like that's cool they, you know what i'm saying but like i don't know these people they've never interacted with but my that's content different. Or anything. that's like you know they I mean? want to like, work with you that seems like a cool opportunity no i'm totally listening to them and they're sending me beats and that you know whatever the case is but like that's it's these are like blind cold solicitations we didn't develop a relationship yeah. for people to say hey i'd love to work with you but maybe they the listen to you and they like you perhaps or, you know what i'm saying what I'm, I'm, kinda... I'm, I'm here for it either uh, not to cut you off, oh, I was yeah. just, let me just get this thought yes, out. Please. What I was so in in pondering your question, right, that you were posing, I mm -hmm. also thought about like social media has created a dynamic where we have democratized entertainment, right? So everybody, one way or another, is a television channel, right? Mm -hmm. And in the same way that you have like MTV and you have Comedy Central and you mm -hmm. have all and you have CNN, right? Every channel has an intent, right? Yeah, it's Comedy Central trying to be funny. So I know as a consumer. If I want to laugh, I'm going to go to Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to Comedy Central to get inspirational tidbits. I'm not going to Comedy Central to be informed by the news or... Oh, daily well, I mean, show. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like you want to chuckle at the same time. Yeah, I get, right? I get you, what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to go to Comedy Central for specific things that I would rather go to another channel for. I see And I that. think that for in the, in the consumer-producer relationship... There has to be that level of synergy. People are looking to your social media or other people's social medias for specific reasons. You as the person who is creating the content need to start figuring out for yourself, what are people on my page for? I agree. You know what I'm Can saying? I uh, retort a bit? Yeah. I, I agree. And, and a lot of the people also responded to my Facebook uh, status saying, I just, I'm just looking for memes. I'm just looking for laughs. <laughs> and... and I, I agree with that. I, I love, I mean, there's people that I just follow just for the memes. Right. At the same time, let's take the example of an artist. Let's take us as an example. Okay. If I only used my Instagram and Facebook to only post music and only post videos, that's giving you a very narrow scope of my life and who I am. And if they're trying to flip to your channel and buy into you, I think that there's ways to expand yourself that are still on brand with what it is no, that you are. No, 100%. If you're just posting like songs and and photos, then you're missing the point of social media as an artist. And... um. What else was I going to say? Um, you're you're missing the opportunity to authentically connect, right? Which is what people are looking for. They're looking for authentic connection. You're not selling music. You're selling lifestyle. So you have to address and create content that is around a specific lifestyle. And when we say lifestyle, that's synonymous with a certain artistic or creative value system. You right. see what I'm saying? But I, I think that you can you can be inspirational, funny, musical, 
spiritual. You can do that all in the same vein. You don't need to compartmentalize yourself as long as there is still that common theme threaded through just like an album in songs 100%. that are all different themed thematically but there's still some, it's like there's some part of you that people still want to listen to and hear from like I can do a mental health Monday I can do a ratchet and woke podcast I could be just hella ratchet or I could be like teaching a class or music and there's all the component of me I'm the element that right. holds everything together and you're, but you, you have different outlets for all of these different things and for these topics that you're bringing up right like not necessarily certain, you know what I'm saying I mean for you it's more holistic and I think that for a lot of artists it's, it's more holistic and and if your particular community or fan base is is responsive to that, then you, by all means keep at it. But there's t- there I've heard several times in in, in in different instances where people are like, yeah, so and so is talking about like Black Lives Matter, or they're saying that so and so is talking about some political issue. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't really care to hear what this person has to say about this particular that's thing because that's true. not what I'm looking for I from get that. them. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not, you know, they're not necessarily looking for them to 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 be that way or to talk to them about mental health or whatever the case is. There are certain people that they would rather hear it from. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's really just a, a, a takeaway in terms of the producer, the content creator, which is us mm-hmm. getting a better sense of what our community is looking for. I think that we as, as artists are often so preoccupied with expanding the fan base that we forget about cultivating the community that already fucks with us. Totally. And really gearing our content towards that personality and trying to create that archetype of who is my fan? What do they like? What do they like about me? And let me produce more content around that so that we can really cultivate a community and I have loyal people. So I'm not as worried about, oh, I need another thousand followers in order for me to feel like I'm popping. Like, you know what I'm saying? The reality is you do need more followers, but I also agree with what you're saying. There's a step, there's step two. You're always going to need more followers, but the idea is that you have... You create a strategy. You create a campaign around that. Like, how yeah. do I get more followers at the same time cultivate and appreciate this community that's already been yes. following me? I, I, yeah. I agree with that. I just, you know, I, I don't, I see that there's merit in trying to experiment with accessing different components of your personality. Maybe not go onto social media and bear your whole life story and secrets and your emotions and feelings in an off-putting way. But yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, you know, no, being I, vulnerable or sharing a, 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 a raw moment. Then, yeah, 100 percent. There's there's value in, in, in doing that. But I think that artists often take it too far because what happens is social media becomes the last resort and the last resort platform for them to express how they feel. And then yeah, I mean, I think that's wanna, people in general yeah. use social media when they don't have any any other support system. But nonetheless, um, I'm done with that topic. I don't okay. have any more to say. <laughs> do we have I'm any other topics, it. though, before we get into this uh, interview? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the Oscars at all? I actually didn't really watch um, it, but I don't her know. Her won you... a, uh, an Oscar, so yeah, salute to her. Cool. Congratulations. Um, I think some somebody else within the culture of hip-hop celebrated an Oscar win. Um, I forget who they are right now. It's going to kill me. Do we care about the Oscars? I don't really care about the Oscars. It was a didn't COVID Oscar. So yeah, I didn't really see any of the Nomad, that, that Nomad <laughs> movie won yeah, like a million Francis things. Yeah, Frances McDermott, I like her. Um, you know, It didn't um, really seem like a movie I wanted to watch. To me, it seemed like an Into the Wild Yeah, it's one of those. Like, it's eh. one of those. It's like, okay. you know, when they want to give an Oscar to somebody and they, they just happen to do a movie that year. 
<laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, didn't he win for like Call of the Wild or some other weird? Oh, that was when the bear shit? like ad- killed him. I have yeah. that movie and I've still never seen it. What is that movie called? Like re- Repertoire or like Ren Ren something with an R? Nothing that you're it's, saying. It's right an R. <laughs> re- re- we'll figure it out. <laughs> Resort. Oh my god, it's gonna annoy the shit out of me. Um, any other? You want me to? No, nah, I think we're good. All right. All right. Let's get into this. All right, we rocking. Okay. <laughs> we good. We good. Yeah, no, the, this this room, we, we we make it a point to be vibey. You know what I'm saying? Especially when we have vibey guests like yourself. So I'm going to let Lil MC, she does all the intros here. I do. So you're going to do the intro. What's up? We got Jada Amani with us today. One of the most prolific, hardworking artists I've seen. And I haven't really gotten a chance to, you know, sit one-on-one with you. But from what I've seen on social media, you'd be dropping albums every month. It seems like you're in like Hawaii or some tropical ass place where I want to be. And so I'm just stoked to be here with you today to like see what the fuck is going on. What's good? What is going on with you? (laughs) Do you want to give an introduction for yourself and cover? I'm so happy to be with you too. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. Yeah. So for those who are uninitiated and uh, are who you are, go ahead and just um, speak on it one time for the one time. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, thank you for that. I, um, yeah, I'm just really passionate about music. Um, I used to, I guess a big part of like my career as an artist started at first Fridays, um, organizing there for three and a half years and, uh, and just like holding space for folks in the, in the open mic sense and a a show organizing sense as an MC and making my own music. And um, even though the world shut down, I decided to keep the first Fridays going for at least six months. So that was the EP thing, dropping an EP every month for six months. Um, And I'm just really passionate about, like, music for liberation and community and making good music that stirs the soul, you know, Um, like, and looking up to the great. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm so happy to be here with y'all. Yeah, no, we happy to have you. And you're also uh, an award winning, uh, an award recipient of our IWAMs. Oh, right? yes. We did the IWAMs. You won for one of the most cinematic or best. It was one of those categories that we had and you won a, an award for that. So, you know, you, you do have credits and, 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 and praise from us and, and the community, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I want to know. Tell us more about like your 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 thought to put out six EPs over the course of six months during the during the pandemic during the quarantine and the shutdown. Like what what prompted that thought? What um what was the process with each recording or or uh, situation? Like just kind of speak to that a little bit. Oh, might have lost it. What was that last bit about? Uh... Oh. No, I was, yeah, I was just saying, it was uh, you're mentioning. Uh-huh. I was just mentioning that um, just kind of speak to your creative process when you were putting together these six EPs. Like, was every was did you approach each of them differently? Like, what was the golden objective of all of them? Okay, I'll be happy to. And if there's um, if you have a hard time hearing me or anything. I can like dial in, or we can try something else too. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's good. It's good. Do but I'll go ahead and begin. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Sweet. Um. So yeah, my process was, um, it was mixed. It was different for every EP. Um, one was like 
I I knew that I had a lot of songs in the vault, which I think a lot of musicians have. It's just like a bunch of stuff that they never released that they've been holding on to. So reaching out to those producers first. And then two, like getting um, packs of beats from other folks. And um, a lot of it was freestyle. Um, just, I think there's something special that happens the first time I hear a beat that's like beautiful for the first time. And so then um, building off of that. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the process for that. Um, to be honest, y'all, I'm really curious. I have a question for y'all. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so my question is, um, I because I really like this podcast. I think y'all are so witty. I think y'all are hilarious. I think you're so thought-provoking. Um, you really, like, talk about some real-ass shit that's really rare to hear. And um, so just, like, critically thinking in a way that hurts their mind. I I fucking love it and i'm just curious what what was y'all what was y'all talking about today before we hop, hop on <laughs> we're gonna actually get into that but you know what i think i'm gonna do i'm gonna do system i'll pause the recording real quick because i think we're gonna get the hard wire to make sure that we're our our, uh, our connection is legit yeah yeah so we're just gonna pause yeah real quick. I, I gotta call in yeah so i mean we run we, we run a lot of issues like we just cover a lot of ground when it comes to just like consciousness or artist development or we didn't get a into lot a lot of, of ratchet stuff <laughs> if you want to tell a ratchet story though we welcome that <laughs> give us your most ratchet story that you feel comfortable sharing right now how about that <laughs> oh shit yo i don't have practice in this at all I'm, that's why i'm so glad y'all made this platform because like like you were mentioning, we're in the hyper-conscious Bay Area where folks are not allowed to be rational. They have to create an alter ego. And it's just like, damn, we are really both of these things. Like, thank God we finally have a chance to express them. My most ratchet story. We're fulfilling That's, a need here. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Literally. Like, y'all know what you're doing. I appreciate it. Like, it's like, oh, finally. Shit. Let it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to have to sit with that one. No, okay. I don't have one just yet. I'm out of practice. We'll yeah. circle back. Maybe as we ask questions, something will come Something will inspire you. Yeah, you know. Okay, there we go. But you were talking about your EPs and just having something to do to keep you kind of occupied in the quarantine and putting it, like, what has been the response? Like, what is the overall response to your artistry? How would you describe your artistry for those who aren't as acquainted with you as we are? Um. Cool. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Um, well, I said the response is that people see what I'm doing and they understand it, which I appreciate a lot because I think that's kind of hard sometimes. Um, but in terms of like what it sounds like and feels like, it's, it's vibey, it's lyrical, it's um, heavy on the production, um, it's reflective. Um, and yeah, and like a pen from uh, KQED, um, and OG told me said it's high vibration clapback music, which Ooh. I appreciate. <laughs> Who's that? Was that OG Pen? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. OG, he, he dope. He dope with it. Like yeah, <laughs> high vibration clapback music. I love it. <laughs> Come on, you gotta make some merch where it says that. That's now nah, one of my one of <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> One of my favorite lines from you is, and you can clarify, you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong. You were saying um, something about you could be a dope ass artist and a trash ass person. <laughs> like, that part. I, 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 when I heard it, I was like, yo, dog, how do you start a yo. verse? Like <laughs> like, yo, thank you. You know, I was at Beat Boutique when I wrote that. Actually, it was 420 at Beat Boutique. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a mixed room. You yeah. feel me? I'm like, yeah. I'm 
I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and much love to be boutique too, because I needed that, I needed that space to be challenged that way. Right now, I'm literally outside of 7th West where hip hop trivia is going down. And that's oh, why I'm so happy to be back in the Bay. I'm just so, so happy to be back here. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your travels. Where were you going? I know you were in Thailand like a a, a few years back doing mm-hmm. like yoga work. So I wanna I wanna get to that in a minute. But where where were you just coming mm-hmm. from recently? I I just came from Big Island, um, Hawaii. Okay, so um, I was just, right. You were in Hawaii because that's what it looked like. That like where all yeah. your EP covers and like all your photos are coming from. That's where you just been kicking it out of spot in Hawaii this whole time. Yeah, pretty much, yo. Like, the opportunity um, fell in my lap to go out there, and I was looking at a lot of different places to go, but most borders were closed because it was deep in the quarantine. So it ended up being there. And it, it was eight months, the longest oh, I've ever been in a place away from home. So, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be back, though, y'all. Mm-hmm. We, we, gonna, we gonna talk more about that? We gonna talk more about that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm curious to know, like, were people hating on you in Hawaii as being, like, you know, from, from the mainland and you know possibly spreading covid like i just always felt like i wanted to go to hawaii well i think there's a lot of other dynamics other than i mean aside from that but i also think there's a dynamic of like just kind of like what is poc culture in hawaii it's lacking black culture like what is like what is (laughs) (laughs) speak on that like yeah like speak on like that experience of just being out there and uh, yeah this is uh, they're american we speak english i can use the dollar bill but there's still something iffy about this whole place even though it's beautiful (laughs) yo the iffy part is the fact that like native folks aren't like the majority in their own land like that shit is wrong it's really wrong (laughs) Hmm. they're like 10 or 11 percent of the population like it got taken over like you talk about military occupation and like fucking redneck culture and a beautiful tropical island with the deep indigenous roots and there's like there is aloha spirit like it is hella love you know like in terms of like the patience that the native folks have i'm like i can't relate i was so angry all the time um and there's also <laughs> very few very few black folks so i often have people asking me like is that your real hair i often have people uh, like like on a daily basis you know yeah. like security guard at ross or like man white man on the phone at the market you know like all the time they wasn't um, trying to touch your hair were they bruh they <laughs> yes or they'd be like can i touch it like oh my god this is no um and you know also just like just uh taking black folks music and making the edm for a static dance you know like that's the main function uh, the only function that's happening you know, but I can't speak for Kauai. I can't speak for Maui. I can't speak for Oahu. I wasn't over there. I was just on Big Island on the Puna side. Um, and I definitely had somebody like uh, call me the N word um, and definitely had somebody like, like, it was like a red or uh, a skinhead in the Jeep. Also had another skinhead in the Jeep follow me into the fucking um, gas station. So I was like, this is awful. Oh, um, shit. Yo, I did not know Hawaii was like that. It's Yo. like Florida. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Florida. The Florida of the Pacific. <laughs> That's crazy. Shit. Did, were you there like by yourself? Were you there by yourself? Oh, she's having... Oh, there we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. much better. Okay, yeah. cool. No, I wasn't there by myself. Um... I was so you had like a okay. community of people, or you had like some people with you to like just be safe and shit, right? Like at least. 
Um, yeah, to a certain extent. So, like, my brother went out there first because he was managing the UC Theater and it got shut down, right? Right, uh, right, right. So, um, he was out there and then uh, a few other artist friends were out there and they really inspired me a lot. Like, Tofu Jack and Isaiah Mustafa, like, inspired me to actually start the six-month thing because they were pushing themselves to be consistent. So, there was right. that. Um, and, you know, it's, like, a beautiful place if, like, you're, a, a, like, a surfer or you like to um, go diving or you want to um, snorkel. But I don't know how to swim, okay? So, there's that. <laughs> so, there's that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm just, like, not really an outdoorsy person. And, like, I think Black folks have also, like, a very compromised relationship with nature and the natural world because of, you know, the being forced to be with the land and then also just, like, just a lot of, I don't know, trauma just gets in the way of even water, like, of yeah. going through, like, you know, being forced into ships and shit, like, so many ancestors over there, it's just, like, it's different, so, yeah, yeah. and also, like, on some, uh, some other, other shit, like, on astrology tip, um, you can look mm. at your birth chart and where it lines up with different countries and places in the world, and what parts of your chart and yourself it is touching on, so for me, it was touching on a very tender, yeah. like, painful, like, Plutonian, transformative, like, place right, so right, i right. yeah i felt i felt all that so i'm like when i got home i was like oh, you know yeah, yeah yeah you're like okay. hyper you're hyper like empathetic are you like a, a, a super empath like is that something that like yeah your question i know yeah what you I, i'm dying i have questions questions okay first of all how do you find out where you because i'm obsessed with astrology and i'm gonna ask yes! you your sign in a second how you're pisces you i already know that right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> i probably yeah. asked you when i was like hammered one time what's your sign because like that's what I used to are you a taurus <laughs> You're so close. Oh my God. Yo, happy happy birthday to all the Torians. Um, I'm a Libra. We share the same um ruling planet, which is Venus. Oh, okay. Mm, I feel like that's not go. not okay. that close, but <laughs> I, I like that maybe I'm you're giving me points. So how do you find <laughs> out like where geographically you're like what you were saying? Like explain how you find that out, because I need to know. Like you're saying certain places yes. you differently yes. based on your astrological chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what I use is this a website called astro.com, A-S-T-R-O.com, and you could go to Ash, there, there's so many, like, there's a huge menu of so many things you can dive into, but Astro Travel is the what it's called, you put in your birth info, you look at a map, you put a, uh, you know, click on a point, and then read it, yeah. Uh, this is That's fucking incredible. crazy, I'm about to spend all night doing that, like, <laughs> I'll report back to you. <laughs> And even though you're based Let's in the go. Bay and, and and you call the Bay Area home, you're, you're, you and your family, from what I understand, is from the Midwest, right? Y'all from, like, the Chicago area, right? Um, yeah, so right over, you know, about four, six hours away, you drive in from Chicago is St. Louis. Um, we're on go. the East okay. St. Louis side. Um, so shout out to everybody who is, was in an industrial, industrial area that had, like, you know, flight, like, similar to Detroit, East St. Louis yeah. is one of the, like, ghost towns type places, you 100%. know? Um, so, yeah, we're right outside there, kind of in the cuts. Like, I was born in a little town called Belleville. There's, like, Swansea. There's, like, um, Fairview Heights is, like, a white flight area. And then, yeah, there's St. Louis right there, right across the bridge um, on the Illinois side. Yep. That's crazy. And then, so, yeah. what was... What was your transition like going from the Midwest to the Bay Area? Like, was that a cool transition for you? I, I, I imagine you were reasonably young or like in your teenage years when, the, when you did that. Like, what was that transition like for you? And then how, how did you like, I don't want to say acquiesce, but how did you adjust to like the Bay Area? Was that an easy adjustment from you coming where from where, from where you come from? That's a great question. No, so it happened even before my teenage years. We moved to California when I was 10. 
Um, and I went back every summer for like okay. the whole two months, you know, so at first it felt like I lived in both places in a way. Um, but we were in Fairfield for those first two years. And then we moved to, um, we moved to the East Bay, we moved to South Berkeley. I freaking love, love mm. that neighborhood right by Ashby Bart. Um, when I was 12 so at that 12 year old you know that's a very angsty age so it it wasn't it wasn't cool it was not cool I had a lot of (laughs) emotional turmoil and things um and it took me like a few years to like I think like eighth grade freshman year I mean I started like I need to make money right I need to get mm-hmm. out there to make money. Because other than that, I had no motivation to interact with people, to even speak. I was, like, almost mute. I only spoke mm-hmm. when spoken to. I was very insecure and, like, just, I'd like to hide a lot mm-hmm. and very just heavy, you know? And so, but I need to get out there and make my money or whatever. I started um, selling sodas in sixth grade. So that was its own hustle, but I needed a job. Yeah. Um, and so that was around, like, freshman year. Um, I went to Youth Works, a program to get, you know, get employed and they put you with, um, different jobs that they think will match your personality. And I happen to be put into like a leadership training, uh, arts, like gallery for, um, an activism, like, Oh yeah. Play. Oh, yeah. They knew all um, the issues. Like, wow. yeah. well, arts, speak. activism and education go. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. If you weren't speaking at that time, was that where you kind of thrust into something that you were not prepared for at all? And did that Hell, yeah. who you are now? I think so in a way, in a way, because like I had very powerful ideas. I was definitely deep into the like, conspiracy theory realm from early age, like around that yeah. same time, yeah. and like very strong ideas about how the world should be. But like I didn't have a platform or, or a channel for them. I always knew I wanted to do music, but I didn't tell nobody. I kept mm. it a secret, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, at that point, yeah, I don't know how, what they saw in me. Like, I don't know, but that was the beginning of this, like, really long trajectory, this, like, curve, this wave that I'm still riding and rising on, I feel like. Damn, that's so dope, though. Okay, so question to you. When did you do, when did you participate in your first cypher or your first, your first experience rapping? When was that? Oh, that's a good question. Cause like, it's different, like writing rhymes by myself in secret and like ciphering. Cause that's the community there. So I'm like, yeah. what was that? I know at that art gallery around 15, we started uh, open mics and started getting folks together. Um, but cipher, I think second Saturday. Oh, it might, it might have been one of my first experiences. What is that? Uh, Sistar cipher, Akilumbo in West go. Oakland. they they did a great job of making like a a split ass space for the folks um so yeah i think that was one of them just like everybody getting together i i see like amani's hair bouncing hella much she probably has some drumsticks (laughs) and shit like being on the floor or something yeah hyping everybody up yeah and then we started our own and we just like kept going and then uh around the same time so we had a tattoo we had second saturday open mic along with the first friday and then we oakland mine was posting up weekly too on the block yeah so that then we're just like okay this was years ago this was oakland years like you taking me back like i remember all this first time i met Najee was in a dirty ass cypher in like an alleyway it was crazy that's my guy the now up, yeah for real but like it. yeah you bringing up like all the old school it was like just like cypher communities right like i was rotc you had sister yes tattoo vision you had like all these different oakland Mind, you had all these different communities you had the suru cyphers were you going to the suru cyphers too I, 
Uh, honestly, I think they happened on the same day, first Friday. Oh, so, like, yeah, I was yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah, so there was, the, was the ops for you kind of looking. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but, like, first Friday, you're talking about first Friday in Oakland, where, like, yeah. you know, they have, so there was, like, a cypher within first Friday? Too? Yeah, Tattoo Vision, but they, they had the whole spot, and they was doing, like, showcases and cyphers and all of that. Oh, yeah, the okay. Cyphers was second Saturday. Second Saturday Cypher, oh, you feel yeah. me? We love alliteration, you feel me? But then First Fighters was more of the organized showcase. But yeah, ROTC, y'all was on some other level because y'all had a band and shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a whole vibe. We was, Man, we, I, I think... bring, we gotta bring something back when this COVID ends. There has to be some, you know, we need to combine forces so it's like one lit-ass fucking cypher like I've been talking with Amani and some other people like I want to do oh? a female cypher with like break dancers and graffiti artists and like oh my god boys can come to or whatever but you know but that's actually a really good question to pose to you like boys can the, come to in the midst so so this, this is kind of a deep dive question and i want you to be as 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 uh eloquent as you feel the need to and whatever right in the midst of our our current socio and political turmoil our, our the pandemic being as it is we, we're living in these ever-changing continuously gentrified cities where where culture and community and arts are not as valued as we would like them to be and in the midst of the pandemic we've seen a lot of these places like Quilombo, like um what spirit house and other places like they're going away what do you see or what would you like to see as we start moving away from this pandemic and coming back to some level of normality like what what do you what are you seeing in this landscape or what would you like to see as it relates to the art community in the bay area that's a great question i have a few ideas um but before i start i want to also plug this i don't know if y'all can see but um this oh. uh this is a new mural that is being finished as we speak and oh. this was um it's, it says garden of growth that was coined by one of the young folks a youth intern that works with bay peace um oh. we were putting together the idea for this mural for months and we're just unveiling it on saturday um, and I think it's just, it's just, it's been a beautiful communal like situation with this. Mm -hmm. We were just in there for like hours today, getting ready and things. Um, but what I want to say, cause you were talking about graffiti and all these things and like com community and all this. Thing. So, um, that's like a partnership. That's an idea of a partnership, like full out dance studios partnering with like a local youth activist art nonprofit and things. But I think like for each individual artist, I think we have, um, a really cool responsibility and power in that we, since we are creatives we can create music but we also could create new uh, approaches to life and mm. new realities and a new future Bingo. we you know so like Talking there's certain people <laughs> there's certain people who have an active imagination and those people are the leaders of the future and uh, the one thing is like Octavia Butler said um, our realities are just uh, basically, uh, I'm going to paraphrase in my own words, like uh, just a competition of whose um, imagination. We're living out someone's imagination. For most of us, we're living out the imagination of someone who is very power hungry, a capitalist, a white supremacist. And we are caught in their imagination. We're caught in their systems. They have, have imagined a maze for us. They've imagined, you know, all these things. In some ways, we're living. <laughs> in some ways, we're living in the imagination of freedom fighters who took us from sixteen-hour workdays to eight-hour workdays, right? And that's a blessing. But it's like, okay, well, for this generation of artists or generations, all of us that are alive today, um, what are we gonna do to while the world is shut down too? This is a, a prime 
opportunity to reimagine all the fundamental things that dictate our life. So like and dismantle the school to prison pipeline, reimagine education, reimagine like um, how we access our food. Like maybe we're bartering more. Maybe our, our like ciphers and our functions are also places where the farmers come through and we, you know, we share our gifts. Like, I think that that's the thing. Like if you see that something is broken and you can imagine something better, like now's the time to start implementing it. You know, 100%. that's, that's what I think. There you yeah. go. See, that was yeah. fucking dope. I love Octavia. And I, yeah, I knew she was gonna go deep to the bottom of the ocean with that shit, man. I, I knew it. I knew it. That's I was waiting for it. You, you talking that talk for real? Okay, I gotta ask a question though. So, I, I like I know that you're a very eloquent person. You're a very positive person, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script a little bit. I'm curious. Oh, shit. Do you ever I'm feel like? like- <laughs> oh my God. I just want to flash back to when we were drunk. Like, or, you were drunk. I don't know about that. <laughs> it was on your birthday, and you was like, "We need to do something with you're very positive." Like, I can be the ratchet side. We can do something together. And yeah. here we are. Okay. Yeah, I, I quit drinking, but I can still be ratchet. I'd I, I, be naked through the streets. But my Go. question to you is this: Do you feel like you know that it's a responsibility of artists to create? positivity to influence and impact people positively or do you feel like there is you know like do you feel like that's too much pressure to be putting on artists like do you think artists can just use their art to express themselves good bad ugly negative you know inflammatory whatever like how how do you feel about that oh that's a great question yeah because if you aren't yeah that's a great that's a great point we can't dictate someone's Oh, little MC, I swear. Right? She checkmated the shit out of you. Right? Like, <laughs> she was sitting back on it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like, I'm not trying to back you into a question. I just think it's it's a, it's a question I like to think about, you know, like, yeah. is it, are we responsible for our lyrics? That, like, you know, are we, impact, if we say something that is sexist or, like I said, maybe offensive to us, you know, not, not in a way that's, that's like, you know, promoting white supremacy or anything like that. But maybe, you know, like you say the word bitch in a lyric. Like, do you feel like as an artist, you have to take responsibility for you kind of supporting, um, you know, like being, you know, sexist in a way by saying a word like bitch or hoe or slut like that? I guess it also depends Mm. on the context, right? Like, I think... You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd love to get your thought, uh, Jada Armani, on this, but my, my, my thinking is like, I think art is art, but I think what we have to account for is the weight of responsibility that comes with influence, right? Mm. So you yeah. can be an artist in any ilk and do and say whatever, but at a certain point, you're going to cross the Rubicon of being popular enough to guide the thoughts and feelings of human beings. And if you Mm. as a person do not feel the weight of that responsibility, right? Mm. Then that's where it goes disastrously wrong. Like you you have to feel Mm -hmm. like there's people who never want to be famous because they don't want to feel that weight of responsibility, right? Mm. Like being famous enough that people want to tattoo their names on you. Like think about that level of responsibility. (laughs) What, what level of real estate you occupy in this person's life? You know what I'm saying? So like, how could you not want to say, okay, 
I, I have a I have a large following. I gotta be somewhat responsible for how I move and what I say. Because mm -hmm. if I say go, there are gonna be people who go and do what it is that I ask them to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that at a certain point, you have to factor it into your creative process, which is the thing that we hate about our artists is because they we love artists when they're bubbling, when they're on the verge, and then they blow up, and we're really happy that they blew up, but then the, the work suffers because it's like, nah, mm -hmm. now they're being safe. You know what I'm saying? Now they got to be diplomatic. They got to move in different spaces. And, you know, and you respect that on one thing. But then at the same time, you're lamenting like, nah, they're not as raw as they used to be. It's like, well, cause I got nine million people following me. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand in somebody's hood anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? But what do you have with, with all that said, do you have any thoughts on like the weight of responsibility as it relates to your artistry and, and the increased popularity that you may have as an artist? Hey. I mean, yeah, I really love the question. I love your response. If I, I feel like church for a second, I was like, oh, yeah, it's moving. Um, yeah, I think that you, uh, we gotta. it goes back to intention always. What is your intention with this artistry? Is it just to express yourself, the good, bad, and ugly? Is it all about you? Do you think it's all about you? All right, then, mm -hmm. just go ahead. That's, that's your platform. And um, the thing is, we are all interconnected, whether we like it or not. It's just how it's because we we're born into this life. Like we all are from the same fabric of life. And so we experience the same spectrum of emotion. So even with one person just being self-centered or that's how that sounds hella judgmental, just focusing on themselves and expressing themselves with no intention to change the world or heal the world or address any issues or whatever, they're still going to reach people because them being honest like hella real about how they feel someone else feels the exact same way because well, that's what it means to be human and be connected so with that i think it's good to take into consideration yeah you are interconnected as you say like bitch or whole or whatever you are um repeating and reaffirming um uh, the same type of construct that we have if are you like also can you be more original like that's a challenge too mm -hmm. can you be more original to give someone the same feeling of like oh bitch Without saying that shit, like, can you say that without all that? Like, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's being a lot more yeah. challenging. Yeah. It's a lot more you challenging. Know, real challenging. So, like, maybe we want to take up that challenge. But, yeah, I think it's good for everyone to ask, like, what is my intention with this? Is it about me or is it about, because I really believe in service. But also, back to astrology, my North Node isn't Virgo, which is the sign of service. So, I better be about service. But I can't mm -hmm. expect everyone to be on that same shit. Um, but I think for everything I want for myself, I have to want something equal uh, or greater for the world that I'm a part of. Um, because that's my, you know, connection or that's my, the, like, my level of devotion, you know what I'm saying? Or intention that, that I have to move with. But that's very particular. And I think everybody has to have their own, uh, their own intention. If they don't have any intention, that's when it can be reckless mm -hmm. or um, harmful in a way that maybe they didn't even mean to be you know yeah. Oh, yeah, not when you're creating art without intention and i think i think a lot of artists just just are hoping to be able to have the skill level that people will want to listen to them and if you're if you're fortunate enough to get to, to amass a following where people are actually influenced by the words that you're saying then you better be speaking with intention because your words at that point have power however i yeah. do think that I, I question at times hyper positivity because then it can sometimes come off as ingenuine. Not not saying yeah. any of us are hyper positive, but I mean I think that we compartmentalize ourselves often and we don't account for you know all of the different 
components of us. Sometimes we do feel ugly and sometimes we do feel angry and sometimes we do feel like, you know, we want to swear and all that shit. And I don't think, and I think actually there's a merit and benefit to swearing because it, there's like psychological benefit of catharsis that happens when you swear. It's better oh. than like hitting someone or some shit like that, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's some being in Oakland, I think there's like a mecca of, of hyper positivity and activism that is very beneficial. I mean, we're all part of that community. But at the same time, I feel like maybe that hyper-positivity or that level of activism is what's preventing us from reaching, you know, the masses. Because it's not the trending vibe that we hear in music. Yeah, well, in a lot that, of ways, that's not relatable either. People yeah, don't feel hyper-positive. I hear we live in a, a struggle for love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit yeah, is yeah rough. that part too. <laughs> shit right? is real rough out here. Like, I don't want to hear your happy shit, bitch. Exactly. I think, yeah, I, think there's, I think there's really, you know, I think there's approaches i think you can attack positivity with a very authentic and honest approach it doesn't need to be hippie kumbaya in the way that you approach your positivity but it also doesn't need to be antagonistic and i think what we see a lot in our current sonic landscape as it relates to hip-hop and and poc music black music in particular is that it's not necessarily that it's lack of positivity it's that it's antagonistic right like it's not, it's yeah. not like it's bad enough that there's the objectification of women. Like I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm fucking bitches or whatever the case is. But now it's not even that. It's I'm, I'm fucking your bitch. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it like so. It's this hyper antagonistic, this this hyper antagonism that is creating this vibe. I mean, I was in juvenile detention center two weeks, three weeks ago, and I literally saw these two kids ready to fight, and they didn't really understand why they were. They were literally just hanging out all love one minute ago and they were ready to come to blows with each other and I, I couldn't help but notice but the music they were playing in the midst mm. of them com having a conversation was this very antagonistic like yo I'm, I'm gonna shoot my ops when I see them like that there's some there's a vibration going on that's feeding their behavior patterns mm. and them being younger in that moment they're more receptive to that energy mm. coming out so I think the issue at hand is like how or the question the challenge is like how do we breed positivity in a world that is prone to corruption, that is prone to antagonism without coming across preachy or inaccessible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That part. And mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a, sorry, did I cut you off? No, 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 no. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, that's a good question. I think it's like, it stands alone, but in like, and it makes me want to two circle back to like Lil MC's initial question of like, what about the ugly? What about like all the shit, the catharsis? Cause like the green positivity mm -hmm. is like, okay, that's all about positivity. But then like Lil and C, like you're really bringing up the point that like that's, we're made of so many things. Like we are so multifaceted. Um, and it's just like, how do we make room for that? And I will say, honestly, I do feel, I, and I, I think I do feel a lot of pressure and I have since I started writing and that I know that there's so much gunk inside as a as a person that we can amass and i don't want to put that off on anybody i don't want them to feel oftentimes i don't want people to feel what i feel because i don't always feel that comfortable you know so if i'm gonna make something i want to like get out of the way so something better than what i am usually experiencing can be the the main like um you know thing because i don't want to bring more like gunk into the world but then i also realized like damn i do deserve an outlet to be 
any type of way I am. Mm-hmm. Like, we all do. Like, for the sake of therapy. But I'm also like, damn, do I just need to go to therapy and handle that over there? But, <laughs> you know, you know? See, these um, are the we're questions. supporters of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. But, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, one one more question just before we, we, we let you go and, and, and talk and let you talk about, like, what you have coming up and what you're working on. But I, I want to get into Thailand for you and, and, and that experience, right? Because I, I, I want to go to Thailand. And mm-hmm. you went there specifically to be trained in some sort of uh, yoga practice, if I understand correctly, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. can you speak to that? Can you just speak to that experience of traveling with that intention and, and, and whether or not that you found it to be as transformative when you came back here? Did you see things with the new kind of eyesight or like, what was that for you? Oh, definitely. It was transformative. And I'm, yeah, thank you. Cause you mentioned that earlier. And like, that's the big reason why I ended up on Big Island is because once a year, I want to have like a rebirth trip like I want to have a trip that allows me to like totally dismantle all the bullshit I've internalized and like like kind of birth myself anew by applying myself to something that's really going to challenge me and grow me and the first time I did that was when I damn near failed Spanish class so I went to learn Spanish in Nicaragua and I stayed with a family that was local and didn't speak English and I lived like they did in their in their little town and so, like, after that, I think, the, yeah, the following year was it. I went to Thailand, and then that time it wasn't Spanish, but it was yoga. It was Hatha yoga in particular and Tantra, which is about mm-hmm. taking um, more primal, base-level, um, heavy energies that are more focused on survival or sex or food or um, just, root like... Root chakra shit. It's the root, root, it's root chakra, chakra shit. Yeah, <laughs> root, yep, chakra root chakra. That's the name of this. Chakra. Root chakra. Yes. Yeah, it's root okay. chakra. You already know. Root yeah. chakra is survival. And then sacral chakra, that's where we get into emotions and drama and like all that stuff. And then the third one, even too, is like the third one is, um, you know, it goes like earth, water, and then fire. That's the one that kind of is the furnace that can like take the denser to the, the higher ones that is more like air and ether. But even the third one is more about like identity and ego and self, you know? Um, so yeah, Tantra is all about like, or that specific particular type of yoga was all about like sublimating or transmuting that Mm. and so it was um very challenging in a lot of ways i also went out there with the wrong person who i was dating and i was only like 17 at the time i think or yeah, or hey, something how, like that. Are you, how old are you? I gotta ask you. Are you like I'm 19 22. years old? Oh my gosh, you were like no, a, I'm not. like a genius young child. Oh my gosh, thanks. I'm getting old, y'all. No, no, <laughs> age is construct. Uh, but that's another thing. Like we age ourselves, or we keep ourselves young, depending on like our understanding. So, which is that something is I try to remind myself of. Um, or maybe I was 19. I can't remember. But um, I knew better than to go with him. But my my stepdad encouraged me to bring him for I guess protection. I needed protection from him. Can I just oh, say that? Uh. <laughs> but that's the worst yeah if you want to know if a relationship is going to last you got to travel oh my with god somebody you're telling know, like... the people of thailand yo can you protect me from this american <laughs> exactly <laughs> that i have a girl pulled up on a moped to pick me up one night like it was like a whole thing oh, bro um thank god bless her soul um but no like yeah, and I knew better. I hit up all my homegirls first, but everybody was in school because I went, like, in the middle of May or some shit. Um, but I learned a lot, and I definitely see the world totally different now, like, in terms of, like, the polarities and yin and yang and, like, the sun and the moon and, like, what foods are yin and what foods are yang and, like, um, yeah, and then what people are, like, what I am experiencing, what chakra I'm experiencing the world from or what, 
like vibration or chakra other people are experiencing it from based on that and just like having practices that I can do daily and that I do daily um whether it be like scraping my tongue you know in the morning or like doing like this thing called Uriana Banda or doing just like um you know yoga warm-ups or practice every day um so it definitely like changed my lifestyle for sure yeah that's that's, that's amazing fire. that's really i've been wanting to do a, a little retreat like that for days that's so cool though for real for real so what do you got what do you got coming up aside from this hip-hop trivia that you got on the way yeah are you like, hosting hip-hop trivia? yeah yeah i'm, I'm pulled up with the homies i just you know and just it's been so long i'm just yeah. here to support you know yeah, yeah. Um, you need us to help you answer any questions you got like the hip-hop expert right here um actually yes <laughs> i'm like yeah, you get. I'll, I'll, I'll text them all to you. I'll know all the answers. Okay, babe, babe. Unless it's that young boy hip hop that I don't even know. There's a new young rapper like that come out every week and they have like forty million hits on everything. It's like you literally just came out last week. What do you have in store for the future? It's like what do, what do you, what are you looking forward to doing in, in your work, in your growth, your evolution? Like, what do you got coming, um, on the horizon? Thank you for asking. One thing that I can say is um, after the six months, I decided to make a, a bonus month, which is uh, my, my first album. But it's uh, very uh, it's unique in that it's not like this uh, polished album that is like professional recorded from the last two years. It's from the last two years of all of the songs that I never put out. Um, okay. And so that's only going to be on Patreon, though. It's going to be some exclusive shit. So then maybe, you know, one day I can put out, uh, you know, uh, whatever type of real, quote unquote, real album. Mm -hmm. But that's happening on May 7th, first Friday, May 7th. So um, a week after tomorrow. Um, and then what else? Um, God, uh I, I, there's a lot of things I have in the works that is like too too fresh and too yeah, new yeah, yeah. to like to put out there. But I'm just coming off six months of EP, so I hopefully folks can catch up on that. can chill. Is what yeah. she basically trying to say? Like, yo, y'all can y'all can hold that. Let me work on something. Like, chill. That is that is. Cool. And if somebody's trying to like, you know, yeah, that's that. Like, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, and then right. they got music. They got music to exactly. listen to. Where, pe yeah. where can people find you? Shout out your social medias and where people can find you if they if they want to follow up and, and and check on on the things that you got going on. Okay, I will say yeah. So for the exclusive shit, if you really do want to go behind the scenes and know what's happening as we speak, oh yeah, I just remember I'm gonna be on Summit Sessions May eighth. Um, Summit Sessions is dope. Right on. Yeah, they they're beautifully produced, um, and that's gonna be really special. Um, also, in the ring sessions um, this Sunday, um, I'm excited about that. I, I, that's the first time I said it out loud, so I'm like, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then yeah, things like that. Uh, I'm really interested in like, okay, we did um, EP. Now let's let's tour a little bit, but touring looks different now in these days. So like, yeah. pre-recorded or live stream things are the jam. So if somebody has a platform like that, holla at me, okay? Um, <laughs> so there's that, and then yeah, if you want to know behind the scenes stuff, it's um, on my Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/JadaMani510. Um, J A D A I M A N I five one zero. You can probably uh, yeah and typed it out like instagram too because that's probably same thing a lot same thing yeah um instagram jedamani510 as well as twitter i think but um yeah and then i think tiktok i'm on there 
hardly, but I'm doing think dance challenges you. with like incense oh. and shit. No, incense, <laughs> like an incense do. dance challenge where like the smoke does like some cool yeah, shit. Like, no, oh, you, you do, like astrology readings. I would totally follow you for that if you did. <laughs> I should make a page shit. just strictly dedicated to that because it's kind of infringing on my music brand, but I can make it its own thing. You feel me? Like, you put your like, music in the background and you'd be like, ooh. This is the vibe, the vibrations. <laughs> I don't know. You, you can tell you're a genius. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I, I was about to go to astro.com as soon as we're done with this. This is not yes. a ad. They need to come up with a check. But yeah, no, we're going to talk. Okay. But it's been really oh, great talking to you. Oh, and Jada might be my 101 Venmo, too. Let's go. Exactly. We can't have us selling sodas anymore. Just Okay. Sis, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. This has been really awesome. We gonna, we, you know, anytime you want to come and plug something, just let us know, and we'll, we we got your back. Appreciate y'all too for masterminding this beautiful platform and just staying strong and prolific. Y'all are beautiful. I thoroughly, y'all bring me so much joy listening to y'all. Appreciate so. you. Thank you so much for that. You better win the, the hip hop trivia, okay? <laughs> Ratchet okay. and Woke Podcast. <laughs> like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us questions, comments, topics. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail dot com. Unlearn the world. Low MC Jada Armani. Peace. Yay, yay. Love. We out of here. We out of here. <laughs>